We're going to be learning in Chidusha Ben Chaim Alevi the first piece in Hilchus Gzela Aveda. This is Parak Bey's Halacha Tesvav, and the case that Rab Chaim is discussing picks up from his discussion in the first piece of Hilchus Geneva. It's the same case of a thief who steals an object and then damages it. How he has to pay back the owners. So the Rambam divides the two halachas because a ganav is someone who steals in secret, like a thief, whereas a gazlan is someone who steals openly like a robber. So the Rambam is dividing these halachas and repeating them in both places. But in this piece, Rab Chaim is going to take the discussion in a different direction. In Hilchus Geneva, he discussed how the thief has to repay and how we value the object. In this piece, he's going to discuss whether the damage that the thief did to the object acquires the object for him or it just blocks him from returning it. So Rab Chaim is going to develop that there is a distinction between at what point the thief acquires acquires the object versus when he's no longer able to return it to the owners. The Rambam writes, If a thief steals a vessel and breaks it, we do not evaluate the damage. Rather, he pays the value of the full vessel and the broken vessel belongs to the thief. If the owners want to take that broken vessel, so it's their right to take it. And the thief compensates the damages that he caused. Because this whole institution that the thief has to pay the value of a new vessel, not just compensate the damages, is all for the owner's benefit. So if they choose to forego that right and instead they want their vessel back and the thief will pay the damages so they could choose to do that as well. So it's the owner's choice whether they want the thief to pay the damages or the value of a new vessel. Now the Magid Mishnah asks a question that how can the Rambam say that the owners have the right to demand the vessel back after it's been broken? Because the halacha is that shinui masa, changing something acquires it. So the thief when he broke the vessel acquired the vessel. So now those broken pieces belong to him and he owes the owner to pay what he damaged him but how can the owner demand the actual broken pieces from the thief when they no longer belong to him so the Magid Mishnah answers that the case here is where the thief damaged the vessel only slightly so if he damaged it a lot then in fact the thief would own it and the owners cannot demand the broken pieces back but here we're talking about where the thief just damaged the vessel a little bit so he didn't change the status of the vessel, it still has the same title and the same use that it had. So in that case, the thief does not acquire it through just a small change. So that's the theory of the Magid Mishnah in this halacha, that the case is where the thief did not acquire the object through Shinui Masa, even though he damaged it. Now, Rab Chaim's going to ask three questions on the Magid Mishnah's theory. First of all, in the first half of this halacha, the Rambam ruled that we don't evaluate damages for the thief. So we don't evaluate how much he damaged and he just pays that amount. Rather, the thief has to pay the value of a new vessel. Now, that's the concept of Ein Shamin Leganav, that we don't evaluate damages for a thief. Now, the Gemara in Baba Kamat Saridalit explains that the basis of that halacha is because the thief acquires the vessel through Shinui Masa. So when he damages it, he acquires the vessel. So now instead of just paying the damages, he owns the whole vessel and he has to pay for a new vessel. So if according to the Magid Mishnah, this halacha is talking about where the thief does not acquire because there is no Shinui Masa. So why do we apply Ein Shamin Leganav? If the thief doesn't acquire the vessel, then in fact the owners should still own it and he should just compensate them for damages but not a new vessel. So that's the first question. According to the Magid Mishnah that there is no Shinui that acquired the vessel for the thief. So why does the Rambam apply the halacha of Ein Shamin Leganav? Question number two is that the Gemara in Babakamat Sarivav and Sariches says that in a case where only some of the produce rotted, so a thief steals 
Bezel's produce. If all the produce rotted, then he cannot just return it to the owners because this is now rotted produce. It's not the same object that he stole. But if only some of the produce rotted, then he could return it to the owners. Likewise, the Gemara says that if there was an animal that got weakened, so it depends whether this is a permanent weakness or temporary. If the animal got old and it's not going to return to its original strength, so then the thief cannot just return that animal to the owner. But if the animal got sick, so right now it's weaker than when the thief stole it, but it's going to recover and be as strong as it was, so then he could return it to the owners. So according to the Gemara, if only part of the produce rotted, or if the animal got weaker but is going to recover, then the thief can just return it. He does not have to pay the value of a new object, but if all the produce rotted, or if the animal permanently weakened, so then he does have to pay the value of a new object. So Rab Chaim says, what is the difference between the cases where only part of it rotted and the animal is temporarily weakened versus all of it rotting and the animal permanently weakening? Because even if only part of it rotted or it temporarily weakened, it's still a damage to this object. So at this moment, the object is damaged. Says Rab Chaim, it must be that the difference is that if it temporarily weakened, it's not a shinui masa. It's not enough of a change that the thief acquires the object. Likewise, the produce rotting, it must be referring to a case where not enough of the produce rotted to be considered a shinui masa. So that's the difference between these two cases. When the animal permanently weakens, or if all the produce rots, it's considered shinui masa. The thief now acquires the object, and he has to replace the value of a new object. But if only some of the produce rots, or if the animal temporarily weakens, it's not a shinui masa. So since the thief did not acquire the object, he can just return it as is to the owners. And that's how the Namuke Yosef there explains it, and Tosus and Babakam and Nunvav Amid Beis, that the the difference between these cases is based on Shinui Masa. So we see from this Gemara a principle that when a thief acquires the object through Shinui Masa, then it's his and he has to replace the value of the object. But so long as he does not acquire it, even if it's been damaged, if there's no Shinui Masa that transfers ownership to the thief, then he just returns the objects to the owner and he's done. So now, if according to the Magid Mishnah, there was no Shinui Masa in this case, so the thief did not acquire the object, then why is the Rambam saying the thief has to pay the value of a new object? According to the principle in the Gemara that Tosos and the Nemuke Yosef formulate, so long as the thief has not acquired the object, he can just return it even though it's been damaged. So why in this case can the thief not just simply return the object as is? And third, Rab Chaim asks that the Gemara in Baba Kamet Sadihei proves from the Halacha that if a thief steals an animal and it gets older and weaker, so now the animal has changed, so he can no longer return that object as is to the owners. He has to compensate them for a new animal. So the Gemara proves from this Halacha that Shinui Kona, that a change acquires it for the thief. So obviously the Gemara is assuming that the only reason the thief cannot return the object as is is because he acquired it. But if he did not acquire it, then he could return the object. So again, if according to the Magid Mishnah, this is a case where the thief did not acquire it, why can he not return the object? Why does he have to pay for a new object? So basically from these three places, Rab Chaim shows that there is a parallel between whether the thief acquires it and whether he can return the object. When the thief acquires it, he cannot return the object. He has to pay for a new one. But so long as he does not acquire the object, he can just return it. He just gives it back to the owners and he's done. He doesn't have to pay them for anything. So the Magid Mishnah's explanation of the Rambam contradicts all of this because according to the Magid Mishnah, this is a case where the thief did not acquire it. That's why the owners can demand the object back if they want. But even so, if the owners want, they can choose to have the thief compensate them for a new object. So that all contradicts the principle that Rab Chaim formulated. So Rab Chaim explores what is the relationship between Haresh al-Khalifanecha, the thief returning the object, and the Shinui that's Kona, changing it or damaging it that acquires it for the thief. 
So the Mishnah in Baba Kamen Tzadivav says, Gazal If a thief steals an animal or slaves and they get old, so they've now changed. If he steals a coin that cracks or produce that rots or wine that becomes vinegar, so it got ruined. In all these cases, he pays the value of the object that he stole at the moment when he stole it. If the change in the object was not physical, but it was in the status, so let's say the coin got canceled or the truma became impure, or he stole chametz and kept it over Pesach, so afterwards it's unusable. So in all these cases, there is no physical change, but the status has now changed, so this object is unusable. So Omar Loha Rachel Chalafanecha. In that case, he can just return the object as is. He does not have to pay him. So the Gemara explains that this is based on the Pasuk of the Torah says that the thief has to return the object that he stole. So if the object is in existence and he can return it, then that fulfills this obligation, even if it lost its value. Only when the object has actually physically changed and deteriorated, then he can't return it because it's not Asher Gazal. This is not the object that he stole, so he can't get away with returning this object. Now, in the Gemara Babakama earlier, Samach Vav, it says, Shinui Kona, that if someone changes an object, they acquire it. And this is proved from Veheshev Zagzela Asher Gazal, that the thief has to return the object that he stole. If the object is as is when he stole it, then he returns it. If not, then he has to compensate the owners for the value of a new object. So he has to pay money. So the Gemara is deriving the whole concept of Shinui Kona, that changing an object acquires it from this halacha that a thief has to return the object itself, but if it was changed, then he has to pay money instead. So we see that both of these concepts are intertwined because they're derived from the same pasuk. So the criteria for both of them is parallel. If the thief acquires the object, then he cannot return it and he has to pay money instead. But if he did not acquire the object, then he can return it and say, and he does not have a financial obligation. So the two concepts, whether the thief acquired the stolen object and whether he can return the object without financial compensation, go together. But on a conceptual level, Rab Chaim wonders, how do we formulate this relationship? Is it that because the thief acquired the vessel when he changed it, therefore he cannot return it as is? He now has a financial obligation. So the reason why he can't say and return the object itself and be done with it is because he acquired it? Or is the relationship less direct? The same criteria that says that the thief acquired it also says that he can't return the object. So both halachas follow the same cause, but they don't cause each other. There is a different cause, which is the change in this object, which has two effects. One is that now the thief acquires it, and the second is that he cannot return this object itself under Hareshal Khalifanecha. But the two halachas are independent of each other. They both come from the same cause, which is the shinui, the change to the object, but the Shinui Kona does not directly cause the next halacha that the thief cannot say Hareshal Khalifanecha. So what is the relationship between these two halachas? Are they both caused by the same thing, but they both come about on their own? Or is there a more direct connection that the Shinui Kona itself is what causes the thief not to be able to say Hareshal Khalifanecha and to have a financial obligation? Says Rab Chaim, both of these formulations are correct. On the one hand, it is clear that once the thief acquires the object, he cannot say Hareshal Khalifanecha because the Gemara in Babakama Samachvav says that if the thief acquires the object through Yush, so the owner gives up hope of getting this object back, so Yush also transfers ownership. So the Gemara says that when the thief acquires the object through the owner's Yush, he can no longer say Hareshal Khalifanecha and return the object itself. 
So we see that any Kenyan, any time the thief acquires the object, he now has a financial obligation to compensate the owner and he can't return the object as is. So that proves that there is a direct relationship between the thief's Kenyan and losing the ability to say, Now the second formulation is also correct. Even without a Kenyan, so even though the thief doesn't acquire it, if there is any change in the object, he also loses the ability to say And the proof for that is the Gemara in Baba Kama Samechei Amad Beis, where Rabbi Law and Rabbi Hanina disagree. Ganav Tle Venasa Ayol, Egel Venasa Shor. If someone steals a kid and it grows into a goat, or they steal a calf and it grows into an ox. So there's a debate between Rabbi Law and Rabbi Hanina whether that's considered a change in the animal and the thief acquires it or not. Says Rabbi Chaim, according to Rabbi Hanina, that this is not a change. Going from a kid to a goat or a calf to an ox is not a change that the thief acquires it. So how does he explain the Mishnah earlier that Rabbi Chaim quoted that if a thief steals an animal and the animal gets older, he can no longer return it to the owners. According to Rabbi Hanina, in that case, the thief does not acquire the animal. So why can't he return it as is to the owners? So Rabbi Chaim answers, Rabbi Hanina must read the Mishnah that even though the thief does not acquire the animal, he still cannot return it because there was a change. So the change of the animal getting older is not a enough for a Kenyan, but it is enough to prevent So we see from Rabbi Hanina's reading of the Mishnah that there is a possibility of a Shinui, which is not strong enough to transfer ownership, but it still blocks because change on its own stops the thief from being able to return this object as is. And Rabbi Chaim adds that this is also logically sound, that if the object changed, even though the thief didn't acquire it, he can't return it because the the Torah said that the thief has to return the object which he stole. So once the object changed, he can no longer return that object because he doesn't have it. So now he has to pay. His options are either to return the object exactly as it was or to pay. So that's why generally if the object changes, the thief acquires it because since he can't return it, so the only option is for him to own the object and to pay for it instead. So that's why once the object is changed, he no longer has the option to return the object itself. So his only option left is to pay. So it's logically sound that if the object changes in any way, the thief has to pay and he loses Haresh al Now, what about the Gemara that Rab Chaim quoted earlier that proves from the Mishnah that if the animal got older, the thief can't return the animal as is? So the Gemara proves from that that Shinui Kona, since the animal changed, the thief must have acquired it. Now, according to Rab Chaim's explanation of Rab Chanina, that no longer follows. Because even if the thief did not acquire it, he still can't return the animal because it changed. So Rab Chaim explains that that Gemara is dealing on a broader level. It's not saying in this specific case the thief acquired the animal because again, according to Rabbi Chanina, he did not. It's saying on a broader level that there's going to be two different ways to interpret the mitzvah The Torah says to return the object. If you hold Shinui that a change transfers ownership, so the Torah must mean that the object can only be returned if it was not changed. Because if it was changed, then it belongs to the thief and no longer to the owners. So the thief would have to pay. So the meaning of the mitzvah in the Torah is that if the object was not changed, then it has to be returned. But if you hold that Shinui is not Kona, it does not transfer ownership. So then the mitzvah of the Torah is that even if the object changed, the thief can still return return it because it doesn't belong to him. It still belongs to the owners. So the understanding of this mitzvah in the Torah that the thief has to return the object, whether he can return an object that's been changed or not, is going to depend on the issue of Shinui Kona. So since we see from the Mishnah that a thief cannot return an object which has been changed, that indicates that overall Shinui is Kona. So the meaning of the mitzvah in the Torah is that if the object changed, 
it can no longer be returned. So we do see from this Mishnah on a broad level that Shinu Ikone, even if in this specific case, the change that occurred does not transfer ownership like Rabbi Hanina. In addition, Rabbi Chaim adds, it makes sense for the Gemara to connect these two issues, even if in the actual Mishnah where the animal got older, the thief does not acquire it because overall they are related. As Rab Chaim explained earlier, the Torah says that the thief has to return the object he stole. Now, if the object changed, so there are two things that follow from that. First of all, we derive that the thief acquires it. Second, that he can't return this object itself. He has to pay. Now, if you hold that Shinui is not Kona, that means there is no such halacha when it comes to stolen objects that a Shinui changes the status of the object. So the second halacha, that he can't return it, is also not going to apply. Since there is no Shinui which transfers ownership to the thief, so it means that any change to the object is irrelevant to the laws of returning the lost object. So if that's the case, the thief can also return the object even if it's been changed. The second halacha, that he can't say if the object changed, also falls off. So the only way there could be a halacha that if the object changed, the thief cannot return it, he loses the ability to say could only be if overall there is a halacha of shinui kone. So that means when it comes to the mitzvah of the Heshevis Akzela, returning stolen objects, it's only if there was no change or a moderate change, not if there was a significant change. Because once the object was totally changed, so now the thief acquires it and he can no longer say so again, these two concepts are connected with each other, even if in this specific case of the Mishnah, according to Rabbi Hanina, the thief does not acquire the animal that got older. Even though he doesn't acquire in this specific case, but still the concept of Shinui Kone is a concept that's relevant to stolen objects. So from there, both of these halachas follow, that Shinui Kone, and that if there's a change, the thief cannot say, So this explains all of the different Gemaras and how Rabbi Hanina's reading of the Mishnah fits in with the proof from the Mishnah that Shinui Kona. And this proves Rabbi Chaim's overall point that even if there's a change without a Kenyan, it still blocks Harishal Khalifanecha. So Rab Chaim's proved from these various Gemaras that a Kenyan alone, even without a change, or a Shinui, even without a Kenyan, both of them on their own block Harishal Chalifanecha. So now, using this, says Rab Chaim, there is a difference between the level of Shinui required for a Kenyan versus to block Harishal Chalifanecha. So any amount of change to the object, any damage, or anything that's broken, even if it's only to part of the damage is considered a shinui, but that's not enough to affect a transfer of ownership. In order to create a kinyan, the entire object has to change. So if only a part of the object changes, that does not create a kinyan, but that is going to block Hareshal Khalifanecha, because the idea of Hareshal Khalifanecha is that the thief returns exactly the object that he stole. Once it's been damaged or changed in any way, even if it's only to part of the object, it's not the same object that he stole and he can't return it. So there is a difference in the criteria necessary for a Kenyan versus stopping Hareshal Khalifanecha. The Kenyan only happens if the entire object is changed, but if only part of it is changed, there's no Kenyan, even though that does stop Hareshal Khalifanecha. And Rab Chaim adds that again, any change to the object is considered a Shinui, even if it's a small change. Now, there is a Shior, a minimum measurement, like we find in all sorts of areas of halacha, that there is a measurement. There is a measurement when it comes to Kenyan. So in order to affect the Kenyan, it has to be a substantial change, a big change. It can't just be a little change to the object. But that shear does not apply to Haresh al-Khalifanecha, because the idea of Haresh al-Khalifanecha is that the thief has to return the same object. And if he can't, because it was changed even a little bit, so then he can't return the object. And instead, 
instead he has to pay. So there is a difference between how Rachel Chalafanecha, where even a small break, a small amount of damage to the vessel stops the thief from being able to return it, versus the Kenyan, which requires a much more substantial break to the vessel. It has to be a large damage to the vessel in order to create the Kenyan. So now applying this back to the original Rambam, this defends the idea of the Magid Mishnah. The case of the Rambam is where the thief stole the vessel and then he damaged it, but only a small amount. So it's not a large enough change to create a Kenyan. So the owners still own the object. It does not belong to the thief as the Magid Mishnah explained. There is no Kenyan in this case, but it still stops because since there was a small change to the object, he can't return it. He can only return the object if it's exactly as it was and hasn't been damaged even a little bit. So the case of the Rambam, as the Magid Mishnah explains it, is where there is damage to the vessel, but it's in the middle. It's not large enough to create a Kenyan, but even though it's small, it still stops the Harish Al-Khalifanecha, which is what the Rambam rules, that the thief cannot force the owners to take back the object, so he can't return it as is and say, I don't owe you anything more. So the thief in this halacha is obligated to financially pay for what he stole. On the other hand, since the vessel still belongs to the owners if the owners want to take it back and the thief will just pay the damages so that's their right to insist on getting the vessel that's theirs back. So that explains the ruling of the Rambam. Now what about the Gemara that says that if only some of the produce rotted or if the animal temporarily got weaker it can be returned because of Harish al-Khalifa So that doesn't seem to fit with Rab Chaim's approach because there it's a small damage and the Gemara says that he could return it. So Rab Chaim answers that those cases, the change is even less than a small change. Because when some of the produce rots, so the rest of the produce has not changed at all. It's not that everything's changed a little bit. There is still a large part of this produce which has not changed in any way at all. Similarly, when an animal gets weaker, so that is a specific halacha that if it's only temporary, that's not considered a change at all. A shinui has to be something permanent, but if it's going to revert back to the way it was, that's not considered a shinui, so that's why in that case, the thief can return it as is. So those two cases are even less of a shinui than a regular shinui, but if there's a vessel which chips or is broken a little bit, so that is considered a shinui, even though it's only a little bit, because first of all, it's permanent, it's not going to come back, and second, the whole vessel is one object, so a part of that object has been damaged. It's not like the produce where some of it was rotted and the rest of it is unaffected. When it comes to a vessel, if some of it is damaged, even a little bit, it's as if the whole vessel has been changed. So that's why in that case, the thief cannot return the vessel and say, once it's been damaged, even a tiny bit, and it's worse than the produce that a little bit rotted or the animal that's temporarily sick. So this is Rab Chaim's approach to explain the Bagid Mishnah's reading of the Rambam, that there is a different criteria between stopping Harish al-Khalifanecha and a Kenyan. In order to affect a Kenyan, there has to be a change in the entire object. It has to be a substantial change. But if there's only a very little change to the object, so that does block Harish al-Khalifanecha because he needs to return the object exactly as he stole it and he can no longer do that, but it does not affect a Kenyan. So that's how there's a case in the middle where the thief cannot return the object even though he doesn't own it. Now, in the third paragraph, Rab Chaim asks that according to the view of Rashi and the Rush, which he analyzed at length in the first piece of Hilchus Gneva, they hold that the principle of Ein Shaman Liganov means that a thief cannot pay whatever he's obligated to the owners using broken vessels. He always has to pay using good stuff, which is complete full vessels or cash, but he can't give broken pieces of a vessel as part of his payment plan to the owners. So according to that interpretation, why does the Gemara say that Ein Shaman Leganev only applies 
if the thief acquired the vessel, what does Shinui Kona have anything to do with Ein Shaman Leganov, which is a rule that the thief has to pay using good, complete vessels, not broken stuff. That has nothing to do with whether he acquired the vessel or not, because that's talking about even regular vessels, which certainly belong to him. So let's say the thief stole a vessel and then he totally lost it. So he doesn't have any part of that, but he has another vessel that he's owned for 10 years that broke, he cannot use that broken vessel to pay what he owes the owners. So what does that have to do with Shinui Kona? So Rab Chaim explains that in fact there are two components to the halacha of Ein Sham and Leganev. One is that he can't pay with broken vessels, even that he's owned for 10 years, and that has nothing to do with Shinui Kona or not. So even the one who holds Shinui is not Kona, he's going to agree that he cannot pay with those broken vessels. But then there is another component, and that is if the thief wants to return the actual vessel that he stole, so let's say it was worth 100, and now he damaged it by 25, so now it's worth 75. So if he returns that vessel itself, that covers 75 of what he owes, and then he'll pay another 25. So whether he can do that or not is going to depend on Shinui Kona. If the vessel still belongs to the owners, even though he damaged it, so Shinui is not Kona, so then he could return that broken vessel for 75 and add on another 25. Even though ordinarily he can't pay with broken vessels, but those are only broken vessels that he, the thief, owns. A broken vessel that belongs to the owners that he could return and say, Now, even though he broke it, so he'll have to pay whatever damages he caused, which is 25. But he does not have to pay the full 100. As opposed to the other view that Shinui Kone, so then he can't even return the broken vessel itself that he stole because since he damaged it, he acquired it. So now it belongs to the thief. So it's the same as any other broken vessel that he owns. Just like he can't pay the $100 that he owes using broken vessels that he's owned for the last 10 years, he can't pay using this stolen broken vessel because once he broke it, it now belongs to him. That's Shinui Kona. So he can no longer use it as part of his payment towards the $100. So whether or not the thief can use the broken vessel that he stole itself to pay part of the $100, that issue does depend on whether Shinui Kona or not, and only according to the view that Shinui Kona can he not use the broken vessel itself. So that's why the Gemara says that the rule of Ein Sham and Liganov depends on Shinui Kona. So now, according to the view that Shinui Kona, it means that there are two halachas included in Ein Shaman Liganev. One is that he can't pay with the broken, stolen vessel itself. And the second is that he can't use any broken vessels to pay. The other side, that Shinui is not Kona, only has the second halacha, that he can't use other broken vessels. But the stolen vessel itself, even though it's broken, he could use. But according to the view that Shinui Kona, both of these components are included in the halacha of Ein Shaman Leganov. So now Rab Chaim asks, how are these two concepts of Ein Shaman Leganov and Shinui Kona supposed to be combined together? Because as he just said, they have different measurements for how large the damage would need to be. When it comes to Shinui Kona, it needs to be a substantial change. So the damage would have to be large in order to create the transfer of ownership. As opposed to Ein Shaman Leganov, that he can't pay with broken vessels, so that's even a small break. Any amount of break is going to disqualify this vessel from being used as payment. So how can these two halachas coexist? Because what happens if the vessel is only broken a little bit? So there's no Shinui Kona. It's not enough that the thief owns it. But on the other hand, he can't use it to pay because of Ein Shaman Leganov. But why not? It's still belongs to the owners. 
So Rab Chaim answers that this again proves his overall theory that there is a different criteria for returning a stolen object versus acquiring it. So even though there's no Shinui Kona because it's too small of a change, but since the vessel is not exactly the same as it was when it was stolen, he can no longer return it to the owners. So there's no Hareshal Khalifanecha. So once he loses Hareshal Khalifanecha because the vessel was damaged even a little bit, so now he needs to repay only with full, complete vessels, and he can't use the stolen, broken object, even though technically it still belongs to the owners. So again, we see the same idea that there is a different criteria for the Shinui of Shinui Kone versus blocking Hareshal Khalifanecha. And in this case, if there would be a small amount of damage, even though it's not Shinui Kone, it does still block the Hareshal Khalifanecha. So that's why Ein Shaman Leganev kicks in. So now, adds Rab Chaim, this whole analysis has been in the view of Rashi and the Rush, but there was another view of the Rashbam and the Rivam, which again, Rab Chaim had analyzed in the first piece in Hilchos Geneva, and they hold that Ein Shaman Leganev does not mean that the thief cannot use broken vessels to pay what he owes. He can use broken vessels because they have a financial value. So even if the vessel is not worth what it would have been when it was complete, the broken piece pieces have some value and he can put that together towards his payment that he owes. So now Rab Chaim says, even according to that view, this basic distinction is still correct because they're saying that when the thief pays using broken vessels, he's not saying, he's not returning the stolen vessel itself. He's using the broken pieces as a cash equivalent. So that's why he's able to use a broken piece. But in terms of if he was actually trying to return the stolen object itself, so even they would agree that even if the stolen object's been changed just a little bit, so it's not a major change, it's just broken a little bit, it still loses the ability to say even though the thief did not acquire it. So even according to that view that the thief could use the broken pieces of the vessel in order to repay what he owes, they also agree that the criteria of Hareshal Khalifanecha is that if the vessel is changed even a little bit, he can't return it as is. All they're saying is that he can use the broken vessel as a cash equivalent to pay under the payment plan. But the Hareshal Khalifanecha criteria is that any change blocks the Hareshal Khalifanecha, even if it's not enough to create a Kenyan. So both sides are going to agree with Rab Chaim's theory in the Rambam that a small Shinui is enough to block Hareshal Khalifanecha, even though it's not enough to create a Kenyan. So now in the final paragraph, Rab Chaim answers another question on the Rambam. The Gemarin Babakamat Sarizayin Amad Aleph says, Hatokev Sfinosor Shal Chavero Vasiba Malacha. Someone steals the boat of their friend and they use it to do work. So they damaged the boat and they also used it for their own benefit. So there's a debate between Rav and Shmuel how they have to pay. Amar Rav Ratsa Scharanotel Ratsa Parsa Notel Vishmuel Amar Eno Notel Ela Parsa. Rav says that the owner could demand either the rental value of how much this person used the boat or they could demand the damages. Shmuel says that they have to take the damages, they can't take the rental value. So Rab Chaim quotes that the Rishonim ask, what sort of damage did this person do to the boat? If they did enough damage that it was a Shinui Masa, they changed the boat, so why are they paying the damages at all? This is a Goslin who damaged the boat. So this is the classic case of Ein Shamin Le Goslin. We don't evaluate the damages. He has to pay the value of a new boat. So why is he paying damages at all? And if he damaged it less than that, so it's not a Shinui Masa, so why is he paying damages at all? Why doesn't he just say, and return the boat to the owner as is? So there doesn't seem to be a case where this thief would be paying the damages if he damaged it enough for Shinoi Masa, then he has to pay the value of a new boat. And if he damaged it less, so there's no Shinoi Masa, then he should just say, So the Rishonim answer that in fact, in this case, he did damage it substantially. So there is Shinoi Masa. So that's why he can't say and just return the boat. He does have to cover the damages. Now, what about Ein Shinoi? 
Shaman Leganev. Why is he paying the damages? He should have to pay the value of a new boat. So the Rishonim answer, because here he didn't actually steal the boat. He stole the use of the boat. He's a Shoel Shalomi Das. He borrowed it without permission. So what he actually stole was the borrowing of the boat, but he didn't steal the boat itself. So when he damages it, he does not acquire the boat because that's not the object that he stole. So that's why we don't apply the rule of Ein Shaman Liganov and instead of having to buy a new boat, he just has to pay the damages. So the difference between this case and Ein Shaman Liganov is that here he didn't steal the object itself. He stole its usage so he doesn't acquire the object. And if he doesn't acquire it, then Ein Shaman Liganov doesn't kick in. So that's why he just pays the damages. But says Rab Chaim, this approach is not going to work according to his theory in the Rambam because he's saying that according to the Rambam, there are different criteria to block Harishal Khalifa Necha versus Shinui Masa. So even though a small damage might not be Shinui Masa, it still stops Harishal Khalifa Necha. So the same is true in this case. Even though he damaged the boat, but he didn't acquire it because he wasn't stealing the boat, but it's certainly enough to block Harishal Khalifanecha because any small amount of damage stops Harishal Khalifanecha. So it's clear that in this case of the boat, even though he wasn't stealing the boat, he was stealing the use. He's a Shoel Shlomi Das, but it's enough to prevent Harishal Khalifanecha. Now, once there's no Harishal Khalifanecha, so Ain Shaman Liganov should kick back in. He should not be able to pay using the boat at all. So we're back to the question of the Rishonim on this Gemara. Why isn't he obligated to pay for a new boat? And the answer that they say that there's a difference between stealing the object versus stealing the usage of the object is not going to work in the Rambam. Because according to the Rambam, the way Rab Chaim explained him, if the thief damages the object at all, he can't return it through Harishal Chalafanecha. So even a Shoel Shalomi Das, a borrower without permission, who is considered a thief, if he damages the object, he can't return it even though he does not acquire the object. So since there's no HaRishal Chalafanecha in this case, we're back to the question that there should be Ein Shaman Leganev, and why is he paying damages and not the value of a new boat? So Rab Chaim suggests an answer according to the Rambam, that in this case of the boat that was damaged, the damage is so small that it doesn't even stop HaRishal Chalafanecha. So even though Rab Chaim said that if a vessel is damaged, even a tiny bit, it stops HaRishal Chalafanecha, because it's not the same vessel that he stole. But in the case of the damaged boat, the damage is so small to one little bit of the boat that the rest of the boat is totally unaffected. So he could say, It's similar to the case where some of the produce rotted and the rest is totally unaffected. So the Gemara said that the thief can say, So too, the case of the boat is where there's a little bit of damage, but the boat overall is totally unaffected unaffected by the damage. So the thief could say, So according to Rab Chaim's interpretation, the Rambam has a very different view of this case than the Rishonim. They said that there was substantial damage to the boat such that the thief acquired it. Rab Chaim is proposing in the Rambam the opposite extreme, that there was so little damage to the boat that it doesn't affect the overall boat at all. And the thief could say, even though a little damage damage to a vessel ordinarily stops Harishal Khalifanecha. But this damage is even a notch below that. So if so, says Rab Chaim, why is the thief paying damages at all? Why doesn't he just say Harishal Khalifanecha and not pay the little bit of damage that he did? So Rab Chaim answers that there is another concept here, which is even if the thief says Harishal Khalifanecha, if the value of this object went down from the time that he stole it, so the thief has to compensate that extra amount because he needs to return how much he stole. So if he stole 100 and now it's only worth 95, there's a missing five from the return and the Torah said that he has to return what he stole. So he does have to make up what he stole, the lesser value that this object is worth now, 
even though he's saying So that's what's going on in this Gemara. Even though the thief could hand the boat back under the rule of but since there's a small amount of damage, so the boat is no longer worth exactly what it was when he stole it, so he needs to make up that slightly lower value. So that's what he's paying in terms of damages. And Rab Chaim brings a proof to this concept that the thief has to return the exact value that he stole from the other view that Shinui Eino Kona. So according to that view, Rab Chaim already said that even if the vessel broke or the animal died, the thief can still return it because it's irrelevant whether the object changed or not. Says Rab Chaim, does that make any sense that if a thief stole an object and then it broke to pieces, he could just hand back those broken pieces to the owner and say, or if a thief stole an animal and now it died, he can just hand that carcass back to the owners and say, how could that fulfill the obligation of the Torah to return the object that he stole when he stole an object that had value and now he's returning something that's useless? So even though this view holds that that changing an object doesn't change the status of the object, so it still belongs to the owners, but how could returning this useless object possibly fulfill the requirement of the Torah to return the object that he stole? So it must be that according to the view that Shinui Enokona, even though he could return the object as is, even if it's broken or the animal died, but he has to compensate the value that was lost. So if the animal or the vessel was worth a specific amount of money and now it's worth much less, even though the thief could say and return the object as is, he still needs to compensate the lesser value that was lost in the meantime. So the view that Shinoi Enokona that holds even a broken vessel can be returned doesn't mean that the thief doesn't need to pay anything more. It just means that let's say the vessel was worth 100 and now it broke to pieces so it's only worth 25, the thief is able to return those pieces and then he has to pay another 75. But we see from this, Rab Chaim's two components, that the thief needs to return the object itself. But even if he's returning the object, so that's Harish al-Khalifanecha, he still needs to return the exact value that he stole as well. So if the object went down in value from the time he stole it till he's returning it, he needs to make up whatever value was lost. So based Based on this, we could answer the case in the Gemara. It's talking about a boat with a minor damage, so it does not block Harishal Khalifanecha. The thief is able to return the object as is, so that's why he doesn't pay for a new object. But even so, since there was a small lessening in the value of the boat, he does need to make that up for the owner. Because that tiny amount that he damaged, it's as if he didn't return that to the owner. So let's say the boat was worth 100 and now it's worth 99. So on that $1, it's as if he didn't do the mitzvah of returning the stolen object. So he needs to give an extra dollar in order to fulfill the mitzvah of returning the stolen object on that dollar. So that's the explanation of the Gemara. So this is Rab Chaim's piece to explain the view of the Rambam based on the Magid Mishnah's explanation. And that is that there is a distinction between Hareshal Khalifanecha versus Shinui Kona. And even though to create a Kenyan it requires a large damage, to prevent Hareshal Khalifanecha only requires a small amount of damage because once the stolen object is damaged, the thief is no longer returning exactly what they stole. So that won't fulfill the mitzvah of the Torah to return the stolen object. But even though there are different criteria for these two halachas, they are are connected because if you don't care at all about Shinui when it comes to the stolen object, so then it follows that Shinui is not Kone overall and that the thief could return the broken pieces under the rules of Harishal Khalifanecha. So there's a complicated relationship between these two halachas. On the one hand, they're both derived from the same source and they're both parallel in terms of whether the thief can say Harishal Khalifanecha. But even though on a fundamental level, they're connected 
connected in terms of the details of what's considered a shinui, there's a difference within each of the halachas. So this is Rab Chaim's piece to explain this concept. Now, because Rab Chaim is touching on a lot of fundamental issues in financial law, so there is a good amount of discussion. And in the back of the Or Olam edition, they quote a good number of marginal comments from major Roshe Yeshiva dealing with different elements of what Rab Chaim is saying. Now, one of the big issues is that Rab Chaim compares the case of a calf that grows into an ox with an animal that gets too old to be useful to be able to work. So Rab Chaim says that according to Rabbi Hanina, in both cases, the goslin does not acquire the animal through this shinui. But even so, he's not able to say, So from this point, Rab Chaim proves this idea that there is a lower level shinui which does not affect the Kenyan, but still blocks Harei now, this is a controversial point, and there's a lot of other commentators that discuss this. So the Chazon Ish, as well as Rav Gifter, in his marginal comments, so they ask on Rab Chaim that there seems to be a difference between Rabbi Chanina's case and the Mishnah. Rabbi Chanina is talking about a small animal that grows into an adult animal. So that's not a major difference. The Mishnah is talking about an animal which gets too old to be able to work. So that's a more significant difference, and maybe Rabbi Chanina would agree that in that case, the thief does acquire the animal. So if that's the case, we have no more proof to Rab Chaim's whole approach. It could be that even Rabbi Chanina agrees that only if the thief acquires the animal through the Shinui, then he loses Haresh al-Khalifanecha, but otherwise he doesn't. And the difference is that Rabbi Chanina's case is a lesser Shinui than the Mishnah where the animal got too old to work. Now, they also quote that Rabbi Moshe Shmuel Shapiro discusses this issue and he points out that this is a debate Debate amongst the Rishonim. So the Tosos Rid and the Tosos Rabbeinu Peretz seem to follow the view of the Chazon Ish, that there's a difference between an animal that gets old, which is a larger change than an animal that becomes matured, as opposed to Rashi, he understands that the whole view of Rabbi Hanina is predicated on the fact that the animal changed on its own, that the thief didn't do anything to change it. So according to Rashi, the reason Rabbi Hanina says that the animal maturing is not considered a shinui kone is because it happens on its own. So if that's the case, even an animal getting older, even though it might be a larger change, but even getting older is not enough for shinui kone. So Rab Chaim's analysis would be correct within the view of Rashi, even though Tosus Rid and Tosus Rabbeinu Peretz are following the view of the Chazon Ish. And he also quotes that the Tzosa Choshen in Simen Shin Nun Dalet at the end of Sifkot and Gimel asks the same question on Rab Chanina that Rab Chaim does. So again, we see that Rab Chaim is on solid grounding. The Tzos also asks this question based on the view of Rashi. Now, the Brisker Rav in Chidusha Maron Riz HaLevi on Hilchus Gzela Veda. So he quotes a Tosos in Gi'in Nun Gimel Amad Beis. The Gemara there says that according to the view Hezek Sheinonikar Shmei Hezek, damage which cannot be seen, but the person did affect the value of the object. So they ruined the object even though it can't be seen. So this view in the Gemara holds that that is considered Hezek. So the Gemara says according to that, if the thief damages the stolen object with Hezek Sheinonikar, he cannot return it to the owners under Arishal Chalifanecha. So Tosos asks, why not? At the end of the day, he didn't actually change this object. So Tosos answers, since it's considered a damage, so he acquires it, and once he acquires it, he can no longer return it under Arishal Chalifanecha. So the Briskorov says that Tosos disagrees with the Rambam's perspective. The Rambam, the way Rab Chaim explained it, holds that there's a different criteria between Arishal Chalifanecha versus Shinui Kone. Even a small damage blocks Haresh al even though there's no Shinui Kone. As opposed to Tosvos who's saying that the criteria is the same. Unless there's Shinui Kone, the Goslin is able to say Haresh al The only way to lose Haresh al is if the thief acquires the vessel. Now, there's a lot more to say about Rav Chaim and in the Or Olam, they touch on a number of other issues. It's worth ending with just one fascinating source from the Or Sameach he quotes another solution to the Rambam different from the Magid Mishnah, this one in the name of the Prichadash. So the Magid Mishnah's question on the Rambam was, why can the owners choose to get their original broken vessel back when since it was broken, there's Shinui Masa and the thief now acquires it? So the Prichadash answered that since the vessel was broken, the thief opts out of the Shinui Koneh. 
the thief doesn't want to acquire a broken vessel, so he chooses not to acquire it in this case. So even though ordinarily there would be shinui kone, but in this case where the shinui was that the vessel was broken, so the thief opts out of it because he doesn't want a broken vessel. So Diane Fisher is quoted in the back of the Or Olam edition as pointing out that even according to the Prichadash, Reb Chaim's question still remains, why in the first part of the halacha does the thief have to pay for a new object if he chose not to acquire this object? So why can't he return it? Why do we apply Ein Shaman Leganov? Now I'm not sure that that's a correct question because the Prichadash could answer that even though the thief is choosing not to acquire the object, but that doesn't create a leniency that he could return this broken vessel and just compensate the owners for damages. That would be a leniency because he doesn't want a broken vessel. So maybe it's only a stringency that if the owners want it back, they can get it. But if the owners don't want it back, so then it reverts to the original rule of Ein Shaman Leganov.